I feel a bit of a fraud being here as a British person with an American, um, what's it called, American Academy, but anyway, I'm, I'm not going to turn it down. They, um, I thought that um, you've had so many people talking to you that um, I'd like to give my session to questions and answers. And, uh, and I expect that none of you have got any questions, I'm off. But anyway, if any of you have any questions, right. I'd be if you'd happy to answer. Hi, my name is Karen Berry, and I'm from Los Angeles, California. And I was wondering, um, you, I mean, you started out so young, and I was wondering where you got the ideas and what was your motivation and what your parents thought of you dropping out of um, school. Well, I think it's, it's quite interesting, um, and I, I'm not sure what it, what, what it says, but um, in England there hasn't been a successful entrepreneur who went to university, well, went to Oxford or Cambridge, maybe one or two went to university, but almost all of them left school at 15 or 16. Um, and, uh, and, and I think that, that as you get older, of course, you get more conservative, whereas when you're younger, you've got nothing to lose. And, um, when I left school, I had a, a desire to run a magazine. Uh, I didn't know, you know, I had nothing to lose. I, you know, I think it's the, it was the main thing. And I remember walking, walking around the lawn with my dad and telling him that I was going to leave school at 16. And, and, uh, and I was very lucky because he'd had the same problem with, with his dad when he wasn't allowed to leave school at 16. And I managed to persuade him somehow. <laughs> and the far side, please. Uh, my name is Nancy Burton, and I'm from Lakeland, Florida. My question is, you've had phenomenal success in so many areas. What, uh, what personal trait has, has given you this, this, has let you achieve this? Which, which a lot of companies seem to forget is uh, that all, all the company is, is its people. Um, and I think too, too many um, Western companies, they put their shareholders first, the customers second, and then you know, very much last of the staff. Um, I think that if you can uh, have a, a good bunch of people working with you, uh, make sure they have a good time, and, and I think that's not to be underestimated as well, uh, then I think you can achieve pretty well anything. And, and I think Virgin's success is we, we've got a great bunch of people. Okay. In the back, please. Um, do you feel that you're, it's more important that people know who you are or that they know what you've done? And do your accomplishments uh, lose value or become less important if people uh, don't realize that you're the one behind them? Well, I think that really the only need to become a public figure is to, is to promote your business. You promote your business. Um, you know, up until seven years ago, I'd always followed my parents' advice and uh, them saying you'd be much happier if you're a private person and, and not a public person. Um, but when we decided to launch the airline, I knew I had to get out there to use myself to promote the airline because, you know, if you're competing with the British Airways and American United and your name's Virgin, you've got, you, 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 and you haven't got the advertising budget, you've got to use yourself to go and sell, sell what you believe in. And, and I think that if, if you believe in what you're doing, it's not, it's not too painful, you know, get, getting out there and becoming a public figure and, you know, push, you know, pushing it, um, because otherwise, what, what you're trying to achieve, you know, won't happen in the first place. Thank you. Thank you. In the blue shirt over here. Uh, I'm Shane Hedges from Montana, and I visited London last week and got to go to the Rock Circus Museum. I was just wondering, um, in in the museum itself, they had a statement that said that that America has always led led Britain in in the rock music field. 
did you try to change that when you started Virgin Records to promote British acts, or did you just want to pick up anybody? Well, I wouldn't necessarily agree that America's always led Britain in, in uh, the, the rock music scene. Um, I think that for the, for the size of the country, Britain's done, done pretty well. And, um, and I think, you know, we've got some pretty, pretty, pretty good British bands. Um, but, I mean, our, our philosophy, as with any business we do, is only to get involved in things you like. Um, there's, 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 you know, I think that, you know, if you sit back and you want to become a successful entrepreneur and you think, how can I make money, you just won't do it. Uh, if you sign the kind of bands that you like, um, you, you, because you believe in them, you're willing to work you know, 24 hours a day to make them work, they're likely to be very successful. Um, and, and I think that applies to any, anything you do in life. You've just got to go in to do your hobby, ideally, in life, and, and then hopefully your hobby will turn into a successful business. Thank you. I'm Jordan Stevens from Beatty, Nevada, and um, there's been a lot of stories in the news lately about um, the issues that artists portray in their music and the attempts by the government and other groups to try and control what artists can and can't say in their music. And um, having dealt with a lot of um, famous performers, do you feel that the artists should have um, totally free artistic um, range in what they want to say? Or do you feel that they should have some responsibility to society in what they say? I think they should have a uh, freedom um, to say what they want to say. You know, whether people want to listen to them, that's up to them. But I think censorship is one thing that uh, none of us, you know, none of us want and, and need. And, uh, and I think it's very dangerous. And I think uh, that whether it's musicians, you know, people writing books, whatever, they, they should have complete freedom. Thank you. I'm Jason Tillis from Chandler, Oklahoma. And on the music thing, I was going to ask, how would somebody in a rock band from Chandler, Oklahoma, get someone important to listen to them? How do you get shopped in this business? Um, well, I'll see you later. <laughs> but they, um, I made the mistake once when somebody asked me a question like that. He said, you know, how, how do I get a job? And I said, well, you just got to, you know, go and stand outside the chairman's office and, and um, you know, and never take no for an answer and, you know, bang on his door. And, and I had about a thousand people outside my office the next day. <laughs> but um, I think the, the main thing is you, you just got to stand out from the crowd. You know, you just mustn't be a copy of something that's gone before. Um, and... In standing out from the crowd, sending a tape to a record company is not going to get you anywhere. Uh, I mean, you've, you've really got to somehow um, either find someone to manage you or, or you know, who, who also manages somebody else you respect or, or um, you know, get your band to go and play, you know, opposite the record company. You know, get, you've got to get the buzz going. Um, the trouble is with, you know, there are th for every thousand bands there are, only one or two get through and you just, you just got to be the one that stands out from the crowd. Um, I'm Pam Knights from Marshall, Minnesota. Barbara Streisand mentioned the problem of AIDS in the States. I read that you're trying to ch tackle this problem in England. What, what are you doing? Um, well, we've, we've set something up in England called the Healthcare Foundation. Um, we, 
believe that that uh, governments have sort of set about tackling the problem of AIDS in in a sort of fairly blind way. I mean, there, there, there are. I think one has to accept people will have relationships. Uh, I mean, to try to preach that nobody can have relationships is is unrealistic. Um, there's only really one way of stopping the spread, and that's for people to wear condoms. And we try to make the wearing of condoms the hip done thing to do in Britain. I mean, we've got. You know, we've launched a, a brand of condoms where all the profits go uh, back for AIDS research and for, you know, and for trying to encourage more people to wear them. And we've got slogans like on T-shirts, like if it's not on, it's not on. And, um, and, and basically try, try to make them as widely available as white bread. So, you know, thousands of um, machines up and down the country, wherever, wherever you know, just make them as accessible as possible. Um, and um, and we, we believe, we, you know, we believe the same should be happening in America more. And, you know, other, otherwise, you know, it doesn't just stop the spread of AIDS, it stops the spread of, you know, lots of, lots of unpleasant things. Uh, I was just wondering, uh, my name's Jim Scheller, I'm from Park, Colorado. Uh, I was wondering why, in a time when so many airlines are having trouble, you uh, decided to sell out of the music business and buy into the airline. Well, I love a challenge. <laughs> um, and I think to be in the airline business, you have to love a challenge. Um, the big airlines um, are, offer identically bad services, um, identical bad seat pitches, um, identical food, um, identical false smiles from the stewards and stewardesses. I mean, there's just nothing, no, no redeeming factors about them. And I think where, 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 where you have, where you have a, a, um, a business where there's, there's nothing exciting about it, then there should be room for sort of small niche carriers. Um, I mean, like in the hotel business, there are, there are small hotels that offer alternatives to the, to the big chains in the club business, there are small clubs that offer you know, the alternatives to the big, the big chains. And we felt that if we could create the best airline in the world, um, an airline where the, the staff you know, were really having a good time and enjoying the job, and uh, then customers would have a good time you know, flying with us, and it would be successful. And uh, we started in 1984, and, it, and it's been a great challenge, and, it's, and it seems to have done extremely well. Um, but you've got to try to be the best in whatever field you, 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 know, you, you go into. And, and, and unless Virgin always wins the awards for being the best, we'll never beat the big airlines. Um, but we think that there is room for a few small, you know, good little airlines. Hi, Mr. Branson. I'm Jean Tom from Berkeley, California. And I was wondering where, uh, if you could tell us a bit about how, at such a young age, where you found the resources to start a company. Say if I, um, it was a similar question I wanted to ask Mr. Gates, if I were to drop out of school and wanted to start a company, uh, where would I go? Um, well, I was lucky enough to have an idea that, um, you know, good idea. And it was, again, it was something which nobody had done before. Uh, and that was the idea to uh, launch a magazine for young people. And, uh, uh, and I didn't have any money, but I'd worked from the school phone box selling advertising, um, and much to the distress of people hanging around outside the phone box trying to get into it, um, and managed to sell enough advertising to cover the printing and the paper costs. And then once I'd, once I'd got the advertising committed, 
you know, I then left school and, and um, managed to do some interviews and get, get the editorial copy together. Um, but I never had any wish to become an entrepreneur. I just wanted to be an editor. Um, but, uh, but in order to become an editor, to stay an editor, I had to become an entrepreneur to keep my magazine going. And, uh, and um, so, you know, I was, I was fortunate that I managed, you know, I did manage to get my, my cost covered and get up and going. Thank you. And best of luck. <laughs> Thank you very much.